Welcome to Canada's podcast. Hello, I'm Mario Taniguzzi with Calgary's podcast on Canada's Podcast Network. Joining me today is uh, Robin Braley, who is president and co-founder of Unimark Creative here in Calgary. Thanks, Robin, for joining us today. Well, it's great to be on the podcast, Mario. Well, let me talk, uh, first of all, with you about uh, what Unimark Creative is and what you guys do. What do you do? Unimark Creative does website design, video production, media services, both public relations, as well as advertising, and of course, graphic design. Now, I've been transitioning away from Unimark a little bit, doing quite a bit of speaking and uh, writing and those kinds of things, which, of course, I've gathered uh, from experience in working with Unimark clients. Tell me a little bit of the history of Unimark, uh, how it started and when. We bootstrapped the company, my wife and I, in 1994, and we scratched our way into existence, and uh, uh, we grew, uh, as uh, we grew our client base, of course, we uh, needed to add more services, and so we did that both through uh, providing them ourselves, learning about uh, various various aspects of what our clients needed, and of course, working with uh, a lot of contractors, and at different times, we had employees as well. And what kind of clients do you, do you have? What's the range of business that they're involved in? Most of our clients are in uh, commercial construction. So those are companies that build big buildings, do the roofing on them, the glass uh, glazing systems uh, that fabricate the uh, the metal needed uh, throughout the building and on the roofs. Uh, we also uh, have worked with a lot of uh, manufacturing companies and uh, uh uh, companies in the service side of the oil and gas industry. And because of my involvement in the community, uh, we've also worked with a number of not-for-profit organizations. And you don't prospect not-for-profits. That business comes from somebody going through a, a media challenge, a NIMBY challenge, and uh, need uh, some media services or need a website. And uh, that happens through being at a social function and uh, bumping into someone and says, hey, by the way, do you by any chance do... And that's how it happens. So how did you get involved in all, all this in, in terms of the like communications, public relations, media uh, uh, services industry? I like to say I have a checkered past, but at the end of explaining that and answering your question, I'll uh, also tell you how it all links together. I started my career as a drama teacher in uh, high school. I also taught in some uh, secondary uh, colleges. And then uh, I was involved in music at the same time. I produced records. I was a concert artist that was uh, traveling. I got into radio advertising and uh, was there for a while. Then I became the sponsorship manager for Access Network, which brought together my radio experience as well as my educational experience. And that uh, of course, touched on to uh, public relations and uh, working with major companies, uh, usually the vice president of public uh, relations, public affairs, yeah. communications, those kinds of people, and uh, putting it all together uh, in teaching drama or producing a record album. It all comes down to taking the small parts and putting them together to make the whole. So designing a website, 
producing a video, even doing media strategies, it all comes down to identifying the small parts and putting them together into the whole. Is that something that most companies uh, uh, tend not to do well? Unless they have a uh, marketing person, a brand specialist on staff, they don't do that well. And particularly in the industries that I have uh, named. And when they call in uh, people like uh, or companies like Unimark Creative, uh, they have a specific purpose. They've grown to a point where uh, they need some help in a particular area in developing their brand, developing their communications uh, strategies. Uh, there's there's a specific reason why they bring us into their story. And once we're into the story, uh, then it's all uh, about relationships. And as we stay around, one of the things I didn't mention is we've also done probably 25 or 26 uh, major qualitative research projects. And um, uh, so a company has a problem. A company, one company was uh, thinking about buying a $1.5 million laser cutter. So they wanted to be sure that the, the business was there for that. So we did a research project on that. We did a research on a project uh, for a, an RV resort uh, company that... Uh, uh, it was very interesting. We we interviewed all of the uh, property owners within their complex and came up with uh, things like uh, they uh, felt more at home and knew more people at uh, the RV park than they did at home. Uh, family came. They had great family experience. Yeah. So uh, we came up with the slogan out of that, friends, family, community. And of course, we did uh, a lot of television and radio and newspaper and online marketing around that. And we did various other uh, research projects as well. But that we I never once sold a research research project. Uh, it all those all came through relationships. Now, you mentioned the word story, and it's obviously in you know, my line of work and what my background, you know, it was always about the story. Tell me the importance of story and storytelling uh, when it comes to businesses and uh, out there. Well, story has become very important. It starts with the brand. So what's the definition of a brand? A brand is what others think it is. It doesn't matter what you think. A brand is what your customers think. Or you can always lean on Jeff Bezos for a further explanation. He says that a brand is what people say about you when you're not in the room. So working from that, what's your brand story? Uh, I like to say that a, a brand reflects the soul of an organization. In other words, it works from the inside out. And so what is the story of with all of that happening? Then a, a brand touches the inner being of your customer. So they need something, they want a new car, or they need to buy a drilling rig or whatever it is that, that they have a need for, your brand relates to that and touches that. Uh, we, we used to talk about branding uh, uh, that branding was really uh, designing logos, corporate colors, corporate yeah. slogans. That's what we said branding was. I like to describe that as putting a face on the organization, putting a face on the brand, but your brand start from the inside out. And that's where all of the stories flow out of. You know, and, and it's interesting you mentioned that because one of the things, topics I've always talked about uh, with people is uh, putting a face on it is, uh, you know, obviously it also 
It's a person. Uh, you know, who's in charge of this company? Like, uh, you know, um, perfect example is uh, the real estate profession, right? Uh you're a realtor, uh, you know, obviously your your background and your knowledge, uh, um, <coughs> excuse me, and your expertise and all that are 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 big. And uh, but a lot of people, you know, look at who the person is, right? And and uh I I think, you know, I don't know, like like your opinion on this, but I from my uh, perspective, I see so many companies that you don't know who their CEO is. You don't know who their president is, and 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 you know, quite frankly, these are the guys that are directing this company in a certain way, right? Well, developing a brand uh, takes uh, authenticity. Are you the real deal? Transparency. Are you the person or the company that you say you are? And those. Uh, those two elements come into play when you are doing your branding and brand delivery. So to to your point, understanding who the company is, understanding uh, what they do, understanding who does it for them, that's where you start to develop trust. Now, the, the social media marketing funnel is you get to know someone, <clears throat> and as you get to know them, you like them. As you get to like them, you trust them. And after you trust them, yeah. there comes a point where you engage with them and engaging means buying something or following or friending them on social media uh, or uh, making some kind of a decision. May It might be as simple as uh, agreeing to have a conversation uh, a couple of months from now when the person, the company knows that they have a project that they want to talk to you about. The other aspect of branding that I find um I find kind of um, interesting is the. Um, I guess you've got in the, as a business, uh, you've got to come out with your brand before somebody else defines you, right? <laughs> uh, so in many ways, you really have to be proactive before something happens out there, and uh, and and you lose control of of what people think of you, right? Well, if you don't define yourself. As you've just said, somebody else will do it for you. And that's why you need to be proactive. Now, uh, Mario, you and I have known a number of companies down through the years that had a sucky logo. I mean, it was really horrible. But you walked into their office. And they were a highly successful company. They maybe had operations in different cities. And how they got to that point was... Uh, in fact, there's a company that I'm thinking of right now. They started their business in a backyard garage. They were in the uh, um, drilling tools business, supplying uh, drilling uh, uh, contractors uh, all over northern British Columbia, Alberta, and Saskatchewan. Yeah. What they would do, how they built their brand, is when a phone call would come in at 3 o'clock in the morning from a drilling rig, and they were... Uh, uh, absolutely desperate to get a particular tool that had broken, they would get out of bed, go and get the tool, rush up to the airport, and send it to them the fastest way possible. Well, the the their clients knew that they 
they could expect that there was predictability and there was consistency. And of course, there was always quality product. Then they grew to the point that it was going to cost too much to put new logos and branding on their buildings and their vehicles and all the other kinds of things that they had. If you're sitting in a coffee shop right now listening to this or watching this, Look out into the parking lot and see how many trucks you see out there with a really sucky logo. <laughs> Write down their website and uh, check them out and, and see what kind of a company they are. It isn't always what they seem, but that does uh, add to the story. And I guess there's also all these little things out there. Like I, I was just thinking uh, uh, here, I was uh, just the other day, I was at, uh, at a company office uh, in California, mm -hmm. in the Beltline, and uh Fourth floor, fourth floor of their office. Uh, get out of the elevator. What am I greeted with? <laughs> a Porsche sitting, sitting right in the middle of the 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 lobby. Nothing else. You know, uh, there's a little reception desk, but uh, there was like a little desk area. But the Porsche with a couple of big paintings in the background, and uh, I was thinking, like, wow, like, <laughs> right? And uh, and you you know, obviously. It's done for a reason, right? And uh, so uh, I think uh, for for companies and businesses, they have to uh, they have to think about the image of what it portrays uh, to to you, me, and everybody else that sees that image, right? Well, Mario, it comes down to cheese. I'm sure you're like me. You've woken up at three o'clock in the morning, startled, sitting up straight, and asking yourself the question. Why do I buy that cheese? Well, <laughs> it could be that uh, uh, the che you buy it uh, because of the product placement in the store that you go to. It could be the packaging, like the Porsche is packaged a little bit different than a Toyota Corolla. Yeah. Uh, it could be the pricing. It uh, And of course, the quality, the customer experience, do you enjoy eating the cheese? When all of those things come together that meet your needs, you keep buying the cheese. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about being an entrepreneur, uh, Robin. Uh, you've been at it uh, for a number of years. Uh, what do you like about being an entrepreneur? Well, certainly uh, the personal challenge and the... Um, the fulfillment that comes from doing a good job and then being asked to do it again. But there's also things like, uh, you know, freedom as far as it, it's it's not that you work, it's when you work. And uh, the the freedom of, of being able to, uh, uh, you know, adjust your schedule, work with your schedule and uh, – uh, but but just the the connection with other people, the whole process, it really helps if you're a people person. I know some uh, businesses where there weren't people people involved, but yeah. uh, it really helps if you're a a, a relationship driven person. Yeah, let me just ask. Uh, you know, when when you look at uh, all the different entrepreneurs that you've dealt with over your your career and uh, through your business. Uh, has there been something there underlying a common thread between them all that that uh, you know uh, kind of pointed towards success? Like, was there something there that you've noticed? I think it differs a little bit from 
case to case. Uh, I've certainly known entrepreneurs and worked with clients that uh, started with a particular organization. Maybe uh, they were uh, an apprentice, got their journeyman papers in a particular area of uh, the building industry. And then the time came when they started their own business. I also know people who uh, just had a passion for something. I, I knew a wonderful entrepreneur. He's passed away now, but he was in university working on a science degree, didn't like it, dropped out, and he started a pest control company out of the trunk of his car. Now, one of his one of his uh, philosophies was to find something that nobody else wants to do and do it. And so that pest control company uh, grew into being uh, the dominant con uh, pest control company in Alberta with offices in Medicine Hat, Lethbridge, uh, uh, Calgary, Red Deer, Edmonton. And from that, then he would... Uh, notice as his people went into a warehouse that stored dog food you have to have a pest control contract uh, to go in and check and make sure everything's okay well then uh, he noticed that uh, uh, they needed landscaping so he started the landscaping company hiring university students in uh, April and they worked of course until into uh, the end of August yeah. and uh, he would grow businesses like that but he um, uh, he had an entrepreneurial mindset. Some of his funniest stories were of starting companies or doing, uh, making investments that absolutely did not pan out. <laughs> That's interesting. So if you, uh, <clears throat> if you had a piece of advice for somebody who came to you and said, Hey, Robin, I know you've uh, been involved. Uh, you've been an entrepreneur for years. You've been in, uh, involved and had relationships with many of them. What would be your uh, key ad ad advice to a would-be entrepreneur? My key advice would be to reach out and ask for advice. You will need it. There are areas that uh, you do not have expertise in, but there's also areas that as you grow, you don't have time to do those kinds of things like accounting, like uh, lawyer legal uh, advice, uh, various other kinds of, uh, of support services. But talk to people, ask people. One of my greatest regrets, uh, when I started my business, I knew uh, some people that were very successful in, in business. One gentleman manufactured uh, oil rigs that were flown up to uh, the far north. All of those people would have loved to sit down with me at a McDonald's. They wouldn't need a Starbucks. They'd feel out of place, some of them, at a Starbucks. But they would have loved to have sat down and answered questions. Uh, but I didn't ask him because I was a little bit too proud to do that. So put that aside. Uh, get involved as well. Find areas like in the community, for example, uh, volunteer at the food bank, volunteer at uh, uh, the homeless shelter, uh, get involved in politics or in uh, community sports, because you meet people, you meet people all the time. And uh, uh, you never know who you might bump into. But that improves your personal brand because people think, I think that's a good thing that uh, that person is involved in the community the way they are. Yeah, interesting. Um, speaking of interests, uh, I, I know that uh, that you've got a big, uh, uh, a lot of interest in uh, in being a Rotarian. Maybe right. you could explain that to to our uh, viewers here. What what does that mean? What is what is a Rotarian? 
A Rotarian uh, or a Rotary Club is a service organization. It's all about service. And uh, every club is a little bit different. Uh, Every club uh, focuses on interests that they have in their community or uh, around the world. My particular club has uh, experts that uh, have gone on international uh, projects uh, doing uh, establishing micro credit or, or micro economics is what they call it now, uh, projects in, in Nepal, in Guatemala, in, in Peru. And uh, other, other people have gone and uh, built wood stoves for mums in, in uh, extreme uh poverty areas where the the family lives in a in a basically a hut and there's a an opening in the ceiling an open fire the mom carries the little guy on her back strapped on around her and so every time she leans down to tend uh dinner on the fire uh she inhales smoke as well as the children well uh our club and other rotary clubs have done that and of course being involved in local uh projects like uh, youth at risk addictions uh domestic violence uh helping organizations out that do that you you learn how the community works yeah. And uh, how phenomenal it is the way that uh, the community is woven together to support each other in the different kinds of things that uh, that are done. And uh, the other part of Rotary is every week you have a speaker. And after you've been a, a Rotarian for about two years, uh, you will have heard uh, experts uh, uh, from um, business, manufacturing, from universities, from science, uh, interesting hobbies that are wild that you never thought you'd be interested <laughs> in. But now you are like bird watching. I heard a person uh, give a speech about uh, bird watching about uh, 20 years ago, and I've never looked at birds the same. Yeah. And uh, so, you, so you learn a lot about that as well. Cool. And how long have you been uh, uh, active there? I've been a Rotarian for uh, 23 years. Oh, cool, cool. And uh, uh, what led you into it? Well, the client that I told you about that started the pest control company, um, he kind of walked alongside me and, uh, uh, you know, asked some questions about whether I might be interested in uh, joining Rotary. And of course, Rotary is very complex. You can't explain it in one conversation. And that was how that I joined. Usually you have to uh, be invited to join Rotary, but uh, we've had lots of people that have contacted us through our website. Uh, and uh, wanted to get involved in community service and started a conversation and then it went from there. All right, super. Well, thanks very much, uh, Robin, for taking the time uh, to join us today. Well, Mario, it's uh, it's been great to be on the podcast. Thank you very much for inviting me. All right, super. That was Robin Braley, who is president and co-founder of Unimark Creative in Calgary. I'm Mario Taniguzzi on Calgary's podcast on Canada's Podcast Network. Thanks for joining us today.